everybody. I'm Dr. D.Z. Kofi, a senior pastor of the Good Hope Missionary Baptist Church of Houston, Texas. Man, love to the family, and I want to thank God for today. I want to help us celebrate Resurrection Sunday. Some call it Easter Sunday. This is the day that we celebrate the resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. His sacrifice was deemed acceptable by God the Father. He paid the price for our sins, past, present, and future. His blood never loses its power, and we celebrate that he got up from the grave on this day. Come on, put your hands together, put some claps in the chat, some hearts. We celebrate the resurrection today, and here's the wonderful news about that resurrection. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead is the same power that can raise us to new heights and new levels of living. I want to thank you for the privilege of your time today. Thank you for joining us in this celebration. Wherever you are, near or far, in the United States or in one of another 133 countries that we are being watched in, man, we thank God for this resurrection celebration. The word of the Lord that we are going to read to you today comes from Luke chapter 24, beginning at verse 1. Luke chapter 24, beginning at verse 1. And it reads as follows from the New King James translation. Now, on the first day of the week, very early in the morning, they and certain other women with them came to the tomb, bringing the spices which they had prepared. But they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. Then they went in and did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. And it happened. As they were greatly perplexed about this, that behold, two men stood by them in shining garments. Then, as they were afraid and bowed their faces to the earth, they said to them, Why do you seek the living among the dead? He is not here, but is risen. Remember how he spoke to you when he was still in Galilee, saying, the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified, and the third day rise again. And they remembered his words. Then they returned from the tomb and told all these things to the eleven and to all the rest. It was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James, and the other women with them who told these things to the apostles, and their words seemed to them like idle tales, and they did not believe them. But Peter arose and ran to the tomb, and stooping down, he saw the linen cloths lying by themselves, and he departed, marveling to himself at what had happened. I've read for you Luke chapter 24, beginning at verse 1 through verse 12. This is the word of the Lord. Let's go to God in prayer and ask God's blessings on our time today. Father, thank you for the expression of your grace, mercy, and love that we have all experienced. You touched us with a finger of love and allowed us to awaken in this life, not because we have been so good or so kind or so worthy, 
but because of your grace and your mercy. And we thank you for that favor that we have received this day. We pray now, God, that our worship, our celebration would be acceptable in your sight, God, as we remember, recount, and celebrate your resurrection. God, we pray right now in the name of Jesus that you'll bless your word as it goes forth. Bless your people this day that all that we do and say will be pleasing in your sight. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Now, if you are watching at home, I hope and pray you have your communion elements ready. Uh, today we are celebrating the Lord's Supper. Uh, it is the first Sunday of the month, and as you know, it is our tradition each first Sunday of the month that we celebrate the Lord's Supper together. The Bible says uh, that Jesus said, as often as you do this, do so in remembrance of me. And whether you celebrate annually, biannually, monthly, quarterly, uh, weekly, daily, it doesn't matter. As often as you do it, the Bible says, do it in remembrance of the Lord. And so today, what an appropriate day to celebrate the Lord's Supper as we remember the death, burial, and resurrection of our Lord. Get out your communion elements. We're going to ask God's blessings on it, and we're going to sing. There is a fountain filled with blood drawn from Emmanuel's vein, and sinners who plunge beneath that flood lose all of their guilt and stain. Father, bless these elements right now in the name of Jesus, the unleavened bread and the fruit of the vine. God, may it nourish our spirit man and our spirit woman to continue to fight on to see what the end will be, to continue our commitment to becoming all you want us to be so that at the end of this journey, when we close our eyes on this side and open them on the other side, we will hear you say, well done, good and faithful servant. Bless now in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Sing it with us. And sinners plunge beneath that flood. And sinners plunge beneath the flood. Lose all their guilty state. Lose all their guilty state. Come on, sing that chorus with us. Lose all their guilty state.
Let's sing that second verse. Let's sing that second verse. The dying thief. The dying thief. That thief that died on the cross. Rejoice to see. He rejoiced. To see that fountain in his day. Come on, somebody wave your hand in the chat. And there, and there may I, may I, oh, vile is he, oh, vile, hallelujah, as he, wash all my sins, wash all my sins away. Come on, sing it with us, everybody at home, wherever you are, wash all, Sinners plunge and sinners plunged. Even if I'm vile as he, wash all my sins. Wash all my sins. Wash all my sins. Lord have mercy. Bible says on the night that Jesus was betrayed, he took the bread, the unleavened bread of the Passover meal. He blessed it, broke it, gave it to his disciples. He said, take, eat, this is my body which is given for you. As often as you do this, do so in remembrance of me. Let us eat and remember together. Likewise, when supper was ended, he took the cup, the fruit of the vine, and after he had blessed it, he poured it and gave it to his disciples. He said, take drink. This is my blood. This is the new covenant. The writer of Hebrews said, without the shedding of blood, there could be no remission of sins. Let us drink and remember together. Let us pray. Father, thank you for our opportunity to worship around this table. And we pray now that our worship has been acceptable in your sight. We thank you, God, that you look not just beyond our faults, you looked right at our faults and saw our needs. And we give you glory now. We ask you to continue to bless as only you can. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Thank God. Thank God. Well, it's the first Sunday in April. The first Sunday in April. So you know what that means while we're celebrating the resurrection. Man, we've got to say happy birthday to all of the April birthdays, wherever you are. Listen, if you're in a group, stand on your feet. Let's get ready to celebrate. As a matter of fact, if you're not in a group, guess what? You can stand up all by yourself and let's celebrate your birthday today. Come on, hit it, maestro. Well, I'm singing happy. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday.
good. Don't you know you look fine? We hope you have. I hope and pray you have a happy birthday, and I pray God gives you many more filled with life, joy, happiness, peace, all of those things that you are desiring in life. Elder Mark Taylor and the praise team, they are coming to minister in song, and following that, we will have our message for this Resurrection Sunday. Come on, put some claps in the chat, put some hand waves, put some hearts in there. Let's get ready to give God some praise around this music. And remember, worship is always to be participatory. Come on, let's get ready to worship the Lord together. It's Resurrection Sunday, y'all. Come on, we're celebrating the fact that Jesus got up from the grave with all power in his hand. Come on, y'all. He got up, said, he got up. Could not hold him. Death could not hold My Savior, him. he got up. Yeah. My Savior, he got up. He got up, say. He got up. All power in his hand. He got up. Death could not hold Death him. Death could not hold My him. My Savior, he got up. My Savior, he got up.
sing one more time for me, Pam. Deliverance in the name of Jesus. Jesus. 
There's joy in the name of Jesus. Whatever you need, you can find it in his name, Jesus. The more I call him, the better I feel, say Jesus. That's time. Everybody call the name, say Jesus. Come on, come on, y'all. Come on. How many of you love Jesus? How many of you love him? How many of you love him? How many of you love him today? Man, I just, I, I love that song. I, I love the, the spirit that embodies that song. Just telling the Lord, Lord, I love you. Lord, I love you. Lord, I love you. Lord, I love you. I bless your name, God. Man, if you don't give God any praise any other time, Boy, you ought to be able to do it after all the Lord has brought us through. I mean, I want you to think about it. Man, almost 600,000 people have died. You know, I was just reading this past week that COVID-19 for 2020 was the third highest leading cause of death. Third. 375,000 people died from COVID-19. Number one, heart disease, heart attacks. Number two, cancer. And COVID-19 was number three. 375,000 people in 2020. Now we're fast approaching 600,000 people to have died of COVID-19. But guess what? By his grace and mercy, you're still here. You're still here. Come on, you ought to give them some praise. You ought to put some praise in the, in the chat. You, you ought to give them some hallelujahs. You ought to give them some hand claps of praise because God has been good to you. And we say, God, we love you. We thank God for you. Come on, let's go to God in prayer and ask God's blessings on our word today. Father, we thank you and bless you for today. We pray now that Everything that we do and say will be pleasing in your sight. Uh, let your word go forth and find fertile ground in the hearts and minds of people who are listening so that people who need you would come to know you and people who know you would grow in you. By your power, by your might, by your spirit, we ask you to step in, Lord. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So let me ask you a question. What's the worst thing in life to lose? What's the worst thing to lose? I mean, besides your life, what's the worst thing to lose? Uh, I came up with a list of the seven top things that you want to make sure you don't lose. And if you lose them, you sure want to find them. Here's number one, your mind. Right? You sure don't want to lose your mind. And if you lose it, you better get it back as soon as possible. Number two, your children. Uh, how many of us think back to that classic movie now? I think it's over 30 years old, Home Alone. Right? When that mother and father and siblings, they left the house and, and left young Macaulay Culkin home. And man, all that transpired in that Home Alone movie. And there have been subsequent uh, sequels to that movie. Uh, number three, your wallet or purse. That's something you don't want to lose, your wallet 
or your purse, your driver's license, credit cards, and the like. Here's the fourth thing, your keys. How many of you, man, know, it's, man, it's a problem when you lose your keys. Listen, uh, just today, I, I misplaced my keys, misplaced my keys, and I'm looking all over the place. I can't find them anywhere, and I told my wife, I'm going to have to take your keys, and she said, well, I'll find your keys, and went out in the car and started the car and then found my keys in the car. I had left them in the car all night long. Here's the fifth thing, your telephone. Now, I know for some of you, man, that telephone is your lifeline, right? Because you got everything tied to that telephone. Your telephone, that's something you don't want to lose. That's something you don't want to be stolen. Number six, the remote control. Lord have mercy. Man, that's, that's one thing you don't want to lose, especially if your TV is remote control dependent, right? That's the last thing that you want to lose, your remote control. And some of you have several remote controls to work all of the technology at your disposal. Here's the seventh and final thing that you don't want to lose. People said they don't want to lose their eyeglasses or their contact lenses. Their eyeglasses or their contact lenses. Now, I have to be honest with you, that's one of the worst things for me to lose because I am eyeglass dependent. And so one of the hardest things in life to do is try to find my glasses when I don't have my glasses on because I can't see without my glasses. So I'm literally squinting my eyes trying to narrow that field of vision so I can get some kind of focus and trying to rack my brain as to where I left my glasses. As a matter of fact, let me just be honest with you. I've got two pair of glasses now. I keep one by the side of the bed and I keep one on. And if I lay one down somewhere, I know at least where one pair of glasses, where they are all the time. Over the years, I've learned a basic principle about trying to find something that is lost. Here it is. It, it, it might sound simple, but, but just hang with me. If you don't look where the item or object is, you will never find it. Now, I know some of you are saying, well, there's that, that, nothing deep about that. But it's true, right? I don't care what you lose. If you do not look where the item is, you will never find it. And sometimes we find items after looking for a while just by the process of elimination. I looked here, I looked here, I looked here, I looked here. Okay, well, it's none of those places, so it must be somewhere else. Let me look somewhere else. You can look and look. You can search and search. But at the end of the day, if you don't look where the item is, you will never find it. Now, why is that important? It's important because there are many of you today who are watching. There are many of you who are listening to me. You have spent time in your life looking for the right thing. You've looked for happiness. You've looked for peace of mind. You've looked for joy. You've, you've looked to get rich quick. You, you, you've looked for uh, the, the, the sunny side of the street. You've looked for better days, and you've done a number of things to try to get there, but you still haven't found it. This, this Resurrection Sunday, I want to share with you some principles out of the Word of God. I want to talk to you from the thought how to find what you're looking for in life. How to find what you're looking for in life. I want to encourage you today to find what it is that you're looking for and to recognize what you're really looking for. See, somebody that's listening right now, you are 
looking for money, but you're really searching for meaning. You're looking for prosperity and a get-rich-quick scheme, but you're really looking for peace of mind. And I want to help you to discover what you're really looking for. In our scripture today, Luke chapter 24, that was read earlier, uh, these women come to the tomb of Jesus post the crucifixion to discover that he is gone that he has risen. And they are in the right place, but they are looking for the wrong thing. Let me share with you several principles out of this passage that I hope and pray you can apply into your life to help you in your journey to becoming all that God wants you to be. Here's the first thing. Number one, you need to realize everybody is looking for something meaningful in life. Everybody is looking for something meaningful in life. Luke 24, beginning at verse 1, but very early on Sunday morning, the women went to the tomb, taking the spices they had prepared. They found that the stone had been rolled away from the entrance. So they went in, but they didn't find the body of the Lord Jesus. As they stood there puzzled, two men suddenly appeared to them clothed in dazzling robes. These women went to the tomb to fulfill the burial tradition of anointing the body with spices. They went looking for the body of Jesus, but it was nowhere to be found. Many in life are looking for the wrong thing in the wrong place. Some are looking for the wrong thing in the right place. Too many of you are looking for the right thing in the wrong place. And not enough of you are looking for the right thing in the right place. You see, it's not just looking for the right thing, and it's not just having the right motivation, the right heart behind looking for the right thing. You've got to make sure you are looking in the right place. What are most people looking for? Uh, well, I've discovered there are three things that most people are looking for that they are searching for in life, no matter where they're looking, they're looking for primarily three things. Uh, A, you're looking for love. People are looking for love. They're looking for, uh, if they can find it, unconditional love. They're looking for a love that will love them where they are and a love that will help them get to where they ultimately want to be. They're looking for a love that provides that security, that encouragement. Uh, my wife and I were talking about a friend and she said, her friend said to her, she, she's, she's looked her entire life to find a man to give her a soft place to land, right? That, that we're looking for love. We're looking for acceptance. We're looking for support. We're looking for understanding. We, we are looking for love. Uh, but B, people are looking for community. Um, they're looking for a place to belong. Uh, some of the places we look uh, are not the best places in terms of uh, necessarily their legal activity or illegal activity. Some are more accepted in society than others, but, but we're all looking for some place to belong, some sense of community. So, so whether you find community in a fraternity or sorority or fraternal organization, or you find it in a gang, or you find it 
in the armed forces, people are looking for some place to belong. They're looking for a sense of identity, a sense of community. See, people are looking for value and purpose in their life. One of the top-selling books of all times was written by uh, Dr. Rick Warren, Purpose Driven Life. We've read it at our church years ago, and I think we're going to go back through it again, especially with our young adults and, and our youth. But, but it just has to do with helping you understand that, that God has a purpose for your life, and that purpose should drive everything that you do in life. People are looking for purpose. They're looking for meaning for their lives. And the truth of the matter is, you will never find peace, joy, or even extended happiness because finding unconditional love, finding acceptance, uh, finding a value is not accomplished in pursuing the things of this world, the temporary items of this world. Uh, the truth is you've been looking for the right thing, but many of you have been looking in the wrong Place. Amos chapter 5, verse 4, the ETRV translation says, The Lord says this to the nation of Israel, Come looking for me and live. Come looking for me and live. Here's the second thing. Number two, you must realize looking for the right thing does not matter if you are looking in the wrong place. Looking for the right thing does not matter if you're looking in the wrong place. This is simple for some of you. It's common sense, but I hope it's making sense to everybody. Look at verse 5, Luke chapter 24. Verse 5, the women were terrified and bowed their faces to the ground. Then the men asked, why are you looking among the dead for someone who is alive? He isn't here. He is risen from the dead. Why are you looking among the dead for someone who is alive? You're looking for the right person, but you are looking in the wrong place. They said you are looking for the living amongst the dead. Why are you looking for the living amongst the dead? He is not here. I cannot tell you. How many times I have torn up the house or the car looking for something and never was able to find it. Why? Because I was looking for the right thing, but I wasn't looking in the right place. And I need somebody who's not ashamed to say amen, somebody who's not ashamed to put it in the chat and say, I know exactly what you're talking about, Pastor, because when you look back over your life, especially if you have more years behind you than in front of you, you can look and identify multiple times in your life when you've been looking for the right thing, but God knows you've been looking in the wrong place, and that's why you've never been able to find it. You've been looking for the right love, but you continue to look in the wrong place and then wonder why you end up with the same person. The only difference is now they have a new name. Some of you will get that later on. You've been looking for value and purpose, but you've been looking to find value and purpose in places that don't give value a purpose. You've been looking for acceptance and community 
from people sometimes who are not even able to accept and love themselves, and then you wonder why they can't give you acceptance and love, and here's what you have failed to understand. They can't export to you what they haven't imported into themselves. You can't give what you haven't gotten. If you don't look where the item is, you'll never find it, no matter how sincere your search and no matter how right what you're looking for is. And here's what many people do. To compensate for what they're missing on the inside, they try to compensate with stuff on the outside. One of the things that has happened to us over the last year with COVID-19 is we, we have been forced to reckon with the things that we thought we could never live without having to learn how to live without them. Uh, it's been tough. It's been a challenge. Uh, it's been taxing, I mean, to try to learn how to live with the things that we became accustomed with living with. And, and, and that difficulty, that challenge to our life, to our living, to our mind, to our body, to our soul, to our spirit, man, that challenge at times has been absolutely overwhelming. And God says, here's what I need you to know. Whatever you found out there was temporary at best and can be lost forever. Somebody that's listening to me right now, here's what God has wanted you to understand, and here's the message that God has wanted you to get. Start with me at the center of your life and build out from there. See, some of us, we put other things and other people at the center, and then when they were gone or when they were unavailable, then we literally felt anchorless in our lives. Because those things that we did to occupy and preoccupy ourselves, we couldn't do any longer. And God says, start with me at the center. Start with me at the center and then work your way out, but make sure your life is anchored in me. See, somebody has learned there's no amount of cash, cars, commodities, clothes, creature comforts, houses, boats, vacation homes, jewelry, None of that stuff can make you feel good on the inside. At best, it is a temporary opiate for the pain that is still unresolved within you. Matthew 6, verse 19. Don't store up treasures here on earth where moths eat them and rust destroys them and where thieves break in and steal. Store your treasures in heaven where moths and rust cannot destroy and thieves do not break in and steal. Wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will also be. Anything that you are seeking that comes from anything that can be eaten, destroyed, or stolen is being built on something temporary, dying or dead. God says, you've been looking for the right thing, but you have spent too much time, too much energy, and too much money looking in the wrong place for the right thing. Here's the third and final thing. Number three, you need to look 
And no, you can only find what you're looking for if you look in the right place. You can, you need to know, you can only find what you're looking for if you look in the right place. No matter what has happened in your life, you can find what you're looking for, and more importantly, you can find what you need, but you can only find it when you're looking in the right place. You cannot find the peace of God for your life trying to find peace somewhere else or in somebody else. You can't find the joy of the Lord that you desire in your heart by looking someplace else or finding joy in somebody else. You've got to learn how to find it in God for yourself. And let me just say this as the Lord puts this on my mind. Somebody who's watching right now, it has been unfair for you. Listen to me carefully. To get angry at somebody for not providing to you what only divinity can give to you. It is unfair for you to get angry, mad, upset at somebody else. There's somebody who's watching right now. Thank you, Lord. You are upset at somebody who's dead. You're mad at somebody for not giving you what you wanted and what you look back and see that you needed back in the good old days, back when you were a kid, and you're angry at them, Lord have mercy, because they didn't give you what honestly only God can give you right now. God says you've got to look in the right place for the right thing. You, you can't look to the wrong people to give you the right thing, because guess what? If they had it, they would have lived it and been able to give it to you. For some of us, you've been looking for the right thing in people who didn't have it themselves. How, you, how, how are you going to get mad at somebody for not giving you a sense of belonging when they didn't have a sense of belonging? They couldn't give you a sense of value and purpose when they didn't have a sense of value and purpose in their own heart for themselves. They couldn't give you love when they didn't have love for themselves. Look at verse 6, Luke 24. He isn't here. He is risen from the dead. Remember what he told you back in Galilee, that the Son of Man must be betrayed into the hands of sinful men and be crucified, and that he would rise again on the third day. Then they remembered that he had said this. So they rushed back from the tomb to tell his 11 disciples and everyone else, what had happened. Here's what's interesting. These women did not go to the tomb believing the resurrection. They went to the tomb to anoint a dead body. They went to find a dead Jesus, and instead they found a living Savior. They were in the right place looking for the right thing, but they were looking for a dead body. And the angel had to tell them, no, you're looking for the right thing, the right person, but you're looking in the wrong place because he is not dead, he is alive. Listen to me, my brothers and sisters. Don't ever make the mistake of looking for life in a dead place. Lord, have mercy. If you look for life, 
Look in places that are alive, not dead. Don't look for God's love in a devil's den. Make sure you are going looking for the right thing in the right place. God had something else for them to find. And the Bible says, as two of them were walking down the road of Emmaus, look at Luke 24, verse 35. Told their story of how Jesus had appeared to them as they were walking along the road and how they had recognized him as he was breaking the bread. And just as they were telling about it, Jesus himself was suddenly standing there among them. Peace be with you, he said. But the whole group was startled and frightened, thinking they were seeing a ghost. Why are you frightened, he asked. Why are your hearts filled with doubt? Look at my hands. Look at my feet. You can see that it's really me. Touch me and make sure that I am not a ghost because ghosts don't have bodies as you see that I do. As he spoke, he showed them his hands and his feet. Someone listening today, you didn't come looking for all of this, but God has sovereignly seen fit to bring you to this place in time so you would not only be in the right place, but that you would be here at the right time to meet the right person. Can I tell you something? Three things I want to leave you with. A, only God can meet your need for love. Only God can meet your need for love. John 3, verse 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Look at 1 John chapter 4, verse 10. This is real love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. Only God can meet your real need for love. Whatever love you didn't get from whomever in your life, you didn't get the love that you thought you should have gotten from parents, from grandparents, from, from, from mother, from, from dad, from whomever, from a spouse, you didn't get the love that you thought you deserved. Guess what? All the love that you need, all the love that you could want, all the love that will validate you, you can get it from God. B, only God can meet your need to belong. Only God can meet your need to belong. John chapter 1, verse 11, he came to his own people, and even they rejected him. But to all who believed him and accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God. They are reborn, not with a physical birth resulting from human passion or plan, but a birth that comes from God. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 19. Come on, read it with me if you will. So now you Gentiles are no longer strangers and foreigners. You are citizens along with all of God's holy people. You are members of God's family. Come on, somebody put a thank God in the chat that you are part of God's family. If you have accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior and as your Lord, you are part of the family of God. You belong to God's family. And here, see, only God can give you purpose and value. Only God can meet your need for value and purpose. Matthew chapter 10, beginning at verse 28, don't be afraid of those who want to kill your body. They cannot touch your soul. 
Fear only God who can destroy both soul and body in hell. What is the price of two sparrows, one copper coin, but not a single sparrow can fall to the ground without your father knowing it? And the very hairs on your head are all numbered. So don't be afraid. You are more valuable than God. You are more valuable to God than a whole flock of sparrows. You're looking for money, and God wants to give you meaning. You're looking for prosperity, and God wants to give you purpose and peace. You're looking for happiness, and God wants to give you joy. You're looking for perfection, and God wants to give you acceptance. You're looking for religion, and God wants to give you purpose. Here's the good news. No, no, no. Here's the great news about Resurrection Sunday. And every Sunday, he died for you. He loves you. You belong to him. If you've accepted him as your Savior, you will find true love in him. You will find true uh, purpose in him. You will find true community in him. And the good news is the same power, the same power that rolled the stone away is the same power that will roll stones away in your life. The same power that raised him from the dead is the same power that can raise you out of your dead situation. It's the same power that was available on that Resurrection Sunday is the same power that's available right now that can raise you from death to life, that can raise you from hopelessness to hopefulness. It's the same life, same power that can give you life and life more abundantly. And it's because he lives. It's because he lives that we can have that everlasting and abundant life. Today, my brothers and sisters, I want to encourage you to look in the right place for the right thing. Now, listen to me carefully. For those of you who know Jesus, can I tell you something that I've learned in life? I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about me. I've learned in life how easy it is, even when you know Jesus as your Savior, to get distracted looking at other things and other places and taking your eyes off of Jesus. You don't believe that you can get distracted? Come here, Peter. Jumps out of the boat at the command of Jesus to walk towards Jesus, and the Bible says he starts walking towards Jesus, and he starts noticing the wind and the wave being boisterous. He takes his eyes off of Jesus, starts looking at what's going on around him, and he begins to sink. He has a relationship with Jesus, but stops looking at Jesus, stops focusing on the Lord. And every now and then, can I tell you what will happen? The devil will get you distracted. Lord, have mercy. I need somebody to put in the chat, keep your focus on Jesus. Keep your focus on Jesus. Keep your focus. Storms may rage, but keep your focus on Jesus. Winds may blow, but keep your focus on Jesus. Challenges are going to come, but keep your focus on Jesus and know that the Lord will see you through. Let's go to God in prayer. Father, we thank you for the victory in you. 
We thank you, God, because we have victory in your son, Jesus. He gave his life on Calvary to save a wretch like me. We thank you for his precious blood's atoning. We thank you for the victory that we have in him. And I pray now, God, in the name of Jesus, I pray that all that has been said and all that has been done has been pleasing in your sight. God, I pray that you will move by the power of your Holy Spirit, that your word has gone forth in power and might and found fertile ground in the hearts and minds of your people so that we would be more than hearers, that we would leave here doers. For those who don't know you, focusing their lives on you. For those who do know you, refocusing their lives on you this resurrection day. We love you and we thank you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Father, we, 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 we thank you. We thank you, God. We thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you. I, I just want to thank God for all of you. I want to thank God for all of you who are watching near and far. Man, I'm praying that you have a, a, a tremendous Resurrection Sunday today. Um, I pray that for yourself, that you would make a commitment to make that first step, that second step, that third step, to rise in his power to a new place in your mind, body, soul, and spirit. Now listen, if you've never asked Jesus Christ into your life, I want to give you an opportunity to do that. If you're watching today and you're streaming, I want to thank all of those who I've seen who have said, hey, Pastor Man, we've been watching you and have enjoyed the worship online. Some of you have asked me, when are we coming back? And our plan is, if the Lord says the same, uh, we'll try to do a soft opening maybe one time a month uh, starting this summer. We're going to talk to our COVID task force here at the church to make sure that we are patient and waiting for people to get vaccines. And then once we have some level of herd immunity, uh, we'll look at how we can come back in a safe way. Uh, but if you've never asked Jesus Christ into your life, here's what I want you to know. You don't have to wait for us to come back in order to ask the Lord into your life. All you need to do is click on the button and that button will let you know how to do it. Just say, I want to be saved, but how? I want to become a Christian. How can I become a Christian? And if you click on that button, uh, I will walk you through via video how to ask Jesus Christ into your life and how to pray that prayer of salvation. If you're looking for a church home, I want to thank God. We had three people last week unite with our church family on the digital platform, and I've had Many of you that I've seen who said, man, Pastor, as soon as you open back up, we're coming to the church. But for those of you who are too far to come to Good Hope every Sunday and you want to unite with us as we help you on the discipleship platform, we are on a digital platform. We are continuing to add content to our digital platform so that we can help facilitate your growth and your discipleship. Uh, one of our members asked me, Pastor, said, I need to finish my discovery classes. We are literally recording those as we speak so that you can continue your discipleship through our Christ Bible-based curriculum on the digital platform. 
Um, so if you want to know how to become a part of the church family, just click on that link that says, I want to join the church. I want to join the church. I want to become part of our church family. I want to thank you for your giving. And if you'd like to give, there are six ways that you can give on the digital platform. Um, I want to thank you for your giving. I got to give a special shout out to Sister Vernita Grimes. Uh, Sister Grimes, like so many of our members, uh, have been faithful in their giving. And she came and she brought her tithes and offerings and her sacrificial gift for our church anniversary. And I didn't even recognize Sister Grimes. She came for our uh, vaccine event here at Good Hope. I'm going to tell you a little bit about that later on. And she handed it to me. She spoke to me, but she had a hat on, and so I couldn't see her hair. Her hat was like down to right over her eyebrows. She had on glasses that were covering her eyes, and the mask came up right under the eyeglasses. And I got the envelope, and she said, well, put this in church for me, Pastor. And I said, okay. And, and I couldn't recognize the voice. There was music playing. People were talking. And I opened it up, and I said, Sister Grimes, is that you? And she said, yeah, that's me. I said, Lord, have mercy. I, listen, she could have came in and robbed me. I would have never been able to identify her as well as I know and love Sister Vernita Grimes. Thank you so much, Sister Grimes, and thank all of our members for your faithfulness in your giving. Uh, whether you want to give uh, on Push Pay or Apple Pay or Cash App or Givelify, or you just want to write a check and you mail it in, I want to thank you for your faithfulness in your giving. This past week, we partnered with ATB to give vaccines out. And in particular, uh, I had been calling Harris Public Health. I had been calling uh, various entities and one of my thought partners, one of the guys that I talk to every week said, Pastor, let's call H-E-B and see what they're doing. And I'm going to show you how the Lord work, works. Man, I'm, I'm praying because I understand that there's two primary issues that we have to overcome in addressing the disparities in health care in our urban core among people of color and specifically among black people and poor people. One is availability. The second is accessibility. We have the largest medical center in the world in Houston, Texas, and it's like just five minutes from our zip code. But while it is available, it is not accessible to many people. And so we have many people who are dying, searching for care, over 2 million people underinsured and uninsured in the state of Texas, and they can't get to the care that's right on the other side of the freeway. And so we made a call to HEB. For those of you outside of the Houston metropolitan area in the state of Texas, HEB is one of our major supermarket chains here in Texas, and they have pharmacies, et cetera. And we called a young lady named Lisa Helfman. And when we called Lisa, uh, Lisa literally said, this is the answer to prayer. She got chills, and, and I got chills over the Zoom call. Um, she said she had just left out of a meeting, and they had made her responsible for getting the vaccine out in the community to underserved communities. And it was 30 minutes later that we called. And she committed to us to work with us, and we did, man, my, my team, our, our operations team, our admin team did a tremendous job. 
you know our food pantry was going on. Hundreds of families served through our food pantry every week. And we had the vaccines being offered simultaneously, and they did a tremendous job. Matter of fact, listen, we had some news coverage out for us. Uh, the CBS affiliate here, uh, the NBC affiliate here, uh, Channel 2 News came out. Let me let you watch their story as they captured what was going on on last week. Underserved communities. Today, HEB is hosting a vaccine clinic in the third ward with the help of Good Hope Church. Only on two tonight, KPRC 2's Rochelle Turner is live with a closer look at that pop up vaccine clinic. Rochelle? Chris, good afternoon. This has been the setup at Good Hope Missionary Baptist Church since 3 o'clock. These people are already registered to get their COVID-19 vaccine. HEB says they wanted to focus on these communities that are underserved, and people said it's much needed. After being in line for a quick moment and a temperature check, people like Valerie Clay are one step closer to beating COVID-19. I'm so relieved I'm finally getting the vaccine. I've signed up for so many different ones and never heard back. But at Good Hope Missionary Baptist Church, Senior Pastor DZ Cofield is making sure people in Houston's third ward can roll up their sleeves. As we know, even in this area in the shadow of the medical center, we have a problem with accessibility to health care and so to address the disparity in the availability and accessibility of the vaccine for communities of color. The church teamed up with HEB to provide 240 doses of the Moderna vaccine. Baltimore Desica says it's been tough trying to find the shot elsewhere. It's a long time coming and then uh, coordination's all over town, but uh, for us it's just the first time that we, we register somewhere else, but it has, we haven't gotten the opportunity until, until now. HEB says the goal is to make sure everyone has access to good health. They are focusing on areas with low vaccine availability and higher COVID-19 rates. Some people aren't able to drive across town, drive to another city, get even have cars to drive anywhere. And by bringing it right directly into their neighborhood, it allows them access to the vaccine and more people can get the shots. HEB did this a similar situation like this last week and provided doses to people in Gulfgate. They told me they plan to do this again at a different location, but the details have not been announced just yet. Reporting in Houston's Third Ward, I'm Rochelle Turner, KPRC 2 News. So that's just one of the things that is going on here, and we have people coming back for the second vaccine. Uh, we've made a lot of phone calls. Now we have other people coming. And, and I need you to know we did this in our sanctuary. We did it in the sanctuary. And my late pastor, Dr. A. Lewis Patterson, used to always say, you know, whatever you build, uh, he always prided something being built that was multi-purpose and utilitarian functional, right? And we set up our sanctuary so that we could be flexible in what we do. And I don't know if there's anything better that we can do in our sanctuary than to serve the community. And distributing these vaccines uh, was such a, a great testimony. We had people who came uh, well into their 70s and 80s who had been trying to get registered and couldn't, and they were able to come to their church and come to a church in the community to get their vaccine. Um, we had people who had doubts and trust about getting the vaccine who were uncomfortable, but they were comfortable coming to the church. 
they were comfortable knowing that I had gotten both shots and this was the same regimen that I had gone through and I was fine. My wife went through and got the regimen, our staff, etc. And man, I, I just thank and praise God. We had school teachers come. Uh, we had people who walked up who didn't have cars, who couldn't go through long lines to, to get the mass vaccination shots locations. They couldn't get through those locations. And listen, I'm not criticizing anything that's going on. I want you to understand it's both and, right? Those mass vaccination sites are needed, but we also need some sites in the neighborhood. We need some sites where people who just want to walk up, who may not have a car, who may not have enough gas to stay in line for five hours, where they can come and get vaccines as well. So I got to give a special shout out to Lisa Helfman and the entire team from HEB. Uh, Tim, who is over the pharmacies of this area. Man, they're pharmacists, including Adrian, one of our members. Man, they, they were rolling. I'm telling you, they were rolling and they were making it happen. And I want to thank all of you for the privilege of your time who came out and got the vaccine. Now, we're still doing food distributions. We're still looking to give more vaccines in the neighborhood and encourage people. And all of that is because of your prayers and your support. All right. I want to thank everybody for being with us during our Holy Week services. Man, I got to send a shout out to all of you who were watching the Holy Week devotionals each morning, who were watching the Holy Week services each evening. For those of you who celebrated Good Friday with us, whether it was 12 noon or 7 o'clock, I know you were blessed by the messages that were shared, by the lessons that were shared by the brothers and the sisters on Friday. God bless you. God be with you. Listen, remember, in the midst of this resurrection season, God is doing something wonderful in you. Let him do it. Let him do it. Let God do something wonderful in your life. I know God is doing something wonderful in me. All right? Until next time, God bless you is my prayer. Lord says the same. We'll see you next Sunday. Something wonderful in you. I'm gonna say it. God is doing.